Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Blurred Thoughts with myself, Azri and Stephanie. Hi Stephanie, how are you today? Hi Azri, good. Um, it's It was sunny yesterday, but it's back to being extremely cold. Apparently it snowed in some parts of London. That's good, so... don't complain. Um, but anyway, um, you know, before we get into the thing itself, so we're back discussing forbidden questions that you were too afraid to ask. And today especially is a very challenging, well, I mean, I, I think for me it's a very challenging topic, but we're specifically diving into religion this episode. And more specifically, the question that all of us have probably been too afraid to ask is... <laughs> Is God sadistic? Um, ooh. <laughs> ooh. Um, admittedly, I think this is a very difficult question, I think, for all of us, uh, at, to some degree. For me specifically, you know, because of my upbringing, you know, coming from a very religious background, um, I think I was always told that it's wrong to question God. But I think as I grew older and came to be my own person and started learning more, uh, I just couldn't help questioning and I think um, Stephanie and I started having more discussions about it. I was totally against it but Stephanie insisted that we must do it. Her exact words was, let's do this. And I'm like, okay, I guess I've lumped into the thing, you know, without, okay, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But yes, Stephanie. So what exactly are we discussing specifically? Right. And I think this is, you know, we've said it's got sadistic but maybe the more specific question is the way religion is taught makes it feel like God is sadistic, but who knows, is he really? Um, And I think it started with a conversation about, you know, heaven and hell, sins and being punished for sins and and the fact that there are a lot of rules beyond sins, as we call it, like being a murderer, being a cheater, being a thief. Mm. Like there are other things beyond that, that if you do this, you'll go to hell. If you do this, you'll go to hell, which not necessarily is harmful, but is seen as immoral for some reason and as you grow older we kind of think about it as really um, and it's stuff like you know sex before marriage um abstinence homosexuality abortion where you're not necessarily harming other lives but you, it's just the way that you choose to live is seen as immoral and therefore you might go to hell um and we were just kind of thinking if religion as it's preached is all about loving and kindness then why are there certain things that is just a way of living that is seen as immoral and therefore you'll go to hell which is why then we thought so then is god really sadistic is he not all loving as people Mm -hmm. you know when you go to and so just to kind of for people who don't know i grew up catholic Azri grew up Muslim and we've gone to religious schools as kids Mm -hmm. and at least at Sunday school when we were younger you know you're taught about how God is love he loves everyone equally and you should embody that with every um, with everyone but at the same time and then you grow old and people say you're not um, if you do this um, God will not love you or if you do this you're not loving to God you don't respect God um, and then you start questioning, like, what? Like, I'm not doing anything wrong, so so why is this wrong? And that's why we thought we might kind of have a little bit of a chat around, you know, heaven and hell, sins, and how is it really just a social construct that people just created to scare people to live a certain way of life? Or is, is it that this higher power is really genuinely sadistic? I don't know. <laughs> mm. So, um, yeah, so Stephanie brought up a few things, uh, and specifically she talked about religious school. So, yeah, like Stephanie, I, I, well, it's not that I went out of my own volition. I was, it was forced upon me. It was a requirement. (laughs) Same. Yeah, it was a requirement, right? Because both of us grew up in very religious households. I don't, I don't regret it. You know, there was a lot of things that I really enjoyed. There was a lot of things, um, it was a different kind of, I don't know about Stephanie's Sunday school, but for me, it was a different um, environment because we we would meet you know different people from different walks of life. Although they were like my peers, you know, I would meet people from non traditional schools, non mainstream schools. But the one part that always was very iffy for me, and I don't know about Stephanie, was that you know there was always a lot of focus on uh, doing wrong things, and every time they would say it, right, 
they would always talk about how every wrong thing would have this severe punishment. And then I remember one time I asked, you know, my parents, I asked my teachers, why don't we learn more about rewards? Why don't we learn more about like heaven? Why don't we learn more about like what great thing is waiting for us there? And they were like, oh, you know, there's no point because all these good things will, you will definitely enjoy them. You will definitely enjoy them. And I'm like, but how do I, how do you know that I will enjoy it when you don't know what I like? You know what I mean? And mm. I remember, um, okay, I feel really bad bringing this up. But there was one time, um, th- there was one of my classmates. His, his younger sibling died. His younger sibling was, I think, about two or three years old. And obviously, he was very bereft, you know, like he was just grief-stricken and all that stuff. He had a, sort of like a younger brother that was sort of in between. So he, we were like 15, I think he was, his younger brother that died was two. And he had another brother that was, I think, six or five. And mm. he told me in confidence that one night, his that other brother had a dream and of that little kid brother. And the little kid brother came to him in the dream and said, don't worry, uh, I'm happy, you know, I'm not in pain anymore, and I'm in this very beautiful garden, which I think, you know, is sort of reference to the Garden of Eden, which most religions mm. refer to anyway. Mm. Um, and I think my teachers one time said that as well, you get to play in this beautiful garden. And I'm like, okay, but after a few hours, I'm going to get bored. I mean, <laughs> I, you, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you tell me, like, that's it, if that's the payoff, how long can you have fun in the garden? Y- you know what I mean? And, and they, they will tell me, like, oh, there's beautiful trees. And this. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you got to do more than this because I need books. I need libraries. I need, you know, you know, because that's the person that I am. Someone who loves nature. I mean, I love nature, but I can't live in nature for the rest of my life. And I, I felt like that was the start. There was the very first instance where my understanding sort of started to shift. I wasn't even thinking about the hell mm. concept, but just the heaven concept itself felt very... Like, it felt like people didn't even know it themselves. Because I feel like if mm. you knew it completely, you'd be able to explain it better. But because they themselves don't know what the hell they're talking about. And, you know, but that's the payoff, right? So they had to just come up with whatever they could come up and this was way before technology and social media and all the stuff that you know you could use to sort of like rile up your imagination and give them a more riveting story Mm. but yeah Stephanie what about you do you feel were there any lapses like because I feel like it's not nice for us to just dump jump straight into you know Mm. all those problems but what was like that first instance that maybe you felt you know maybe there was something not right or missing I think similar to you, I guess, like people always talk about heaven, but there's no real idea because no one's actually been there and whoever's been there cannot mm. come back and tell us how heaven's been, yeah, if yeah. it actually is real or not. Um, and oh, wow, it's actually sleeting outside. There's snow, guys. It's strange. Anyway, okay. side distraction. <laughs> it's heaven. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah, I think for me, it's probably when I start... For me, I don't think I ever conceptualized heaven and hell, per se, in my head, and whether it's like a destination or anything like that. Because in my head, I was just like, if I do good by everyone, I'll be fine. Um, I think where, for me, it started lapsing when my parents especially started to kind of say, if you don't do this, you're sinning, you go to hell. Like, And it's stuff like... If you don't tell the rosary, if you don't go to church every Sunday, where, and in my head, it's kind of like, doesn't mean you go to church every Sunday, you're good, because you can be sinning. I've seen sinners who go to, and I say it really broadly, I've seen people who go to church and then spew hatred and commit adultery, commit sexual assault after that. (laughs) And are you completely clear of your sin just because you go to mm. church every Sunday um, just because you go to holy sites, just because you, and that's where I started questioning um, because to be honest and to be really frank, like I used to be, because that's what's been told 
to me since I was a child. I used to go to church every Sunday. Um, and, and in a way for me, it was kind of this, it became more of a habit than me actually believing in it or it became kind of a, a ritual for me but for me like it, the heaven and hell concept was more when I started to question where the lines were drawn in terms of what's a sin what's not a sin so you can commit sexual assault but if you go to church every Sunday that's fine um, and it's kind of that's and then it's kind of like if you're a homosexual you're a sinner but then if you say the rosary it's fine like it was those kind of weird things that I started to question, um, which I think when I ask my parents, they still can't give me a solid answer. And to your point, it's kind of like they don't have those answers because nobody really knows. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, you brought up certain things I wanted to say, like, uh, especially with the, you know, when you're talking about like going to the church as sort of like this uh, get out of jail free card. That was, I think that was my biggest warning sign. Mm. Um, okay, obviously, as a Muslim, it's not church, it's mosque, and it's every Friday. It's, it's every Friday specifically mm. for males. And I was just like, I mean, I uh, for me, there were a lot of bad instances that happened in a mosque every time I went that made me very uncomfortable. I don't talk about mm. it because it's not the sort of thing you say about a mm. mosque. I just felt like, you know, there's certain lines that, can make people feel like you're desecrating, you know, a, a, a sacred place and I didn't want that because mm. I felt like, yes, it's my bad experiences but it doesn't mean that it's bad for everyone, right? Um, mm. But I just didn't feel comfortable going after a while, especially if I'm going alone. Mm. But it just really, I, I remember, you know, like, um, my dad would say like, oh, you know, if you don't go, you're going to go to hell and, it, you know, it's a sin and it's bad mm. and all that stuff. And I was just like, you know, obviously very scared. So, you know, I'll go. I'll, I'll just go. Um, didn't enjoy it because I would be like sitting there, you know, seriously trying to listen. And then I, I'll see people using their phones, checking social media while the preacher was, you know, talking. Um, you know, people playing. And I was, I was just like, okay, but that's fine. But then, you know, I'll go home and then I'll see like supposedly like what Stephanie said, like all these so-called religious people. Um, you know, criticize, ridicule, insult, humiliate mm. those around them, and I'll just be like, okay, um, uh, it just made me, it, it it just made things even shakier, and then I'll just be like, I I will start thinking not in a not in a arrogant way, but I'll I'll start thinking about like you know the things I do, what do I do? I I teach, I volunteer, I help out I try to check in with all my friends all these and I'm like wow all these things to me those are good things I would think those are good things but I'm gonna go to hell because I don't go to Friday prayers like regularly but these morons that go every Friday (laughs) but assault people and abuse their wives and insult and and I don't know hit people and, and do drugs, they go straight to heaven. And I remember one time I got so upset, like, because um, there was this particular, this person I know who was like saying, oh, Azri, you're, gonna, you're going to hell because of this, this, this. And I'm like, dude, if you are going to hell, I, if you're going to heaven, I'm right in front of you. I'm going to be miles ahead of you in front of, in the queue. Because, like, if someone with your character and your behavior can get into heaven, then everyone's going to heaven because he was so messed up and he mm. had the audacity to say to my face I was like no no you won't you won't go to heaven because you don't you don't pray you don't do this you don't go to right prayers and I was just like I don't think that God is that stupid I mean you know God is intelligent he has to be if he you know if he's God I don't think he's blind mm. to you know you, you know what I mean and I feel like it, it's not I don't even know what point I'm trying to make but it's sort of like is this dilemma that goes on in your head like like what Stephanie was saying right How, it doesn't just it's not like a get out of jail free card that just erases everything and then you just sort of walk away scot free it, it doesn't make sense to me um, but besides that what really bothered me was that you know whenever I was in religious school I would always ask preachers about this I would always ask my, ask my, my religious school teachers about this like how can you explain this like how how do we know like what's the like what Stephanie said where are the lines drawn and then I remember one time I 
teacher was just so stumped she was just like oh you know you know you asked this right there's a chance that you might fall out of grace of god and i'm like dude if you don't know the answer just say you don't know the answer i would respect that more than threatening me with falling out of religion because that's always what they say in islam there's yeah. a term called murtad murtad basically means um that you fall out of religion you fall out of grace and i'm mm. like you can't throw that term as a threat you know what i mean like yeah sorry they do that to say something. no they they do that in catholic beliefs as well um and one of the things is you're not supposed to question god but this is where it is it's like i'm not questioning god i be- i think that and if i believe in a god that's kind and loving and all of that i what i'm questioning is the stuff you're saying as a human being yeah. that what's good and what's right and like and it's the same thing when i ask I'm not as vocal as Azri to speak in religious schools. I usually don't even say anything. But <laughs> the people I do ask are my parents and my grandparents who who actually believe it so strongly. Yes. Sorry, let me just interrupt. <laughs> I think my teachers hated me because I always would interrupt and question, uh-huh. but carry on. Yeah, I would just ponder and think about in my own time because I just couldn't. Um, and like my mom especially, if I ask something, she would just be like, I don't know where these thoughts come from. Stop questioning me. I don't want to have this conversation with you. Yeah, and it's yeah. it comes from a place because they don't even know. They've kind of been brought up to believe it so blindly and anyone questioning it or they've been said, they've been told not to question it and they don't. And when someone questions it, they think that we are falling out of grace mm. or falling out, falling out of line. Um, and yeah, like it's... Which is why then I question is, is it just people who come up with these things or is it really God? Because, you know, we talk about, and I think we'll come on to this, but we talk about the holy text, right? Like mm. a lot of these rules people talk about, and in Catholic Catholicism, you have the Ten Commandments, which you need to follow by, and if you don't, you go to hell. Or you have these things called seven sacraments. I don't know if everyone knows that. It starts with baptism. And it ends in either you being, um, so that's baptism. And then when you're about nine, 10, you have Holy Communion. Then when you're, which is called the Eucharist, and then you have to do confession. And then when you're 15, 16, there's confirmation where you are anointed by the Holy Spirit. And then the seventh piece is either you get married or you become a nun. And this is part of the reason why parents push you to get married, Mm. because they think that if you don't fulfill that sacrament, you won't go to hell you will go to hell and i'm like and then i'm like just because you become a nun or a priest instead or you get married makes gives you an automatic ticket to heaven and i'm also kind of you know you read all these articles about the vatican and the church with all these kind of scandals allegations of scandals around sex and all of that with you know abusing like sexual abuse of ch- children and you know and all of that and i'm like so just because you fulfill a sacrament you end up in heaven like where um and this is the thing like the 10 commandments talks about adultery and it talks about theft it th- talks about um like sabbath or like you know going to church on sunday sort of mm. or keeping sunday holy um and not believing in other things apart from me but there's nothing around you know being unkind to people well it does say love your neighbor as you love actually is that even the 10 commandments probably not i can't even remember um (laughs) but there's nothing (laughs) it's it's all about as you said right it's all about what you shouldn't do Mm. um and if you do any of those 10 things you end up in hell and there's this kind of just weird thing around you know being nice and kind to everyone but no one really follows it and i feel like that's very hypocritical um, which is why then I start questioning religion as a thing because I feel like it's just people making up shit. Sorry. <laughs> mm, okay. No, as in, I I have faith, but I feel like some of the rules and things that people have, uh, that we are taught, mm. is man, man-made rather than genuine. I feel like it's just, how do you say Nigel it's a bit like the laws and social me- socially made constructs exactly it's like r- laws in any country mm. um 
it's a set of laws that people are meant to live by and it's probably wrong all right and it's been what don't know how many years since the bible was written and how many versions of it across the different centuries and millenniums people would have changed it and it's up to whoever wrote it at that point of time what felt right so yeah i was actually i i had a okay i don't know whether it's like a what what do you call it? I had a stroke of inspiration in a way. Do you think mm. that because of that sacrament that you were talking about, that you either get married or you know you go into priesthood or become a nun, do you feel like that's why there are so many parents who are unprepared? Because I feel what like, do you mean? Like okay, so uh, I, right because I feel like this is what they are told. You either be, you either get married and have children and have a family, or you have a you become a priest and and or a nun. And so I mm. feel like because so many religions overlap anyway, and so I feel like that's the general consensus in a way. Like, you know, Catholicism is a major religion. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure if I dug into Islamic archives, I'm probably sure like there is something about having children and getting married. There is. I know that for a fact. They always say like having children is like a gift, a blessing. So do you feel that, you know, sometimes when you look at certain parents, you know they're not prepared, but... I, do you feel like there's a sort of like this slight, I wouldn't say inherent, but there's this sort of background pressure to do it and have it and then they're suddenly ill-prepared and then, you know, things go awry? Potentially. But I don't know whether that's anything... It might be pressured by religion. But I feel also the marriage thing, it's a broader societal thing where you're pressured to get married anyway. I mean, I mean, um, I mean but, just for the sake of this topic. Just for yeah, sake. probably. I think so. Um, I mean, at least, and I, I say Catholicism, but just broadly speaking, I think Catholicism combined with round culture <laughs> where p- parents start mm. getting you arranged marriage to, married to someone, potentially, because you're almost forced into it. Um, and I feel like m- maybe not in our generation, but you know our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation, it was probably that's the case because you know you need to fulfill a sacrament. And actually, speaking of that, like when you're 15, you're supposed to get this sacrament of confirmation, which is basically the priest. And I'm probably simplifying this and probably not giving credit to the true religious meaning behind it, but the priest blesses you with the ash or something of the holy of the holy spirit and it's supposed to be the next level of you're ready to make it to heaven i don't know um and my sister didn't get it because she was doing her o levels a levels something and like school was crazy so she didn't manage to do all of the religious classes and my mom still brings it up like you need to get your you need to get confirmed you need to get confirmed sisters like whatever and it's a kind of thing like just because i finish religious class from a teach from teachers who probably don't even know what they're talking about, um, who have been preaching what's been preached to them and can't answer questions mm. that people have, I'm somehow now eligible to be confirmed and therefore have a step towards heaven. And the same thing for marriage as well, right? You're supposed to go through those classes, mm. um, marriage classes. for marriage, yeah. which is done by the church, and then, yeah. So to me. I don't know, is the class enough for you to get prepared? Like, and I feel like that's, yeah, to Clearly your point. Not because divorce rates are so high. <laughs> that's the other thing, right? A lot of people stay in marriages as well. Maybe not so much now. A lot of people do stay yeah, in a yeah, lot yeah. of toxic marriages because divorce was a sin. Um, I remember, and this is probably like airing dirty laundry or whatever, but one of my aunts got divorced, but it had to get permission from the Pope to get divorced and this is way back in the 80s or the 90s get permission and i'm like hope. yes to get divorced oh my god and it was because she needed to mention that um her husband or ex-husband was mentally ill or something along those lines and she was lied to or whatever it was it had to be something drastic like that and i'm just kind of like if you're forcing someone to be in a toxic relationship either way both sides it's like just because you've gotten married in front of the eyes of the god and like it just feels so is that really life like is that happiness is that love is that 
kindness. And that's where you start questioning these things. Just because you have a set of rules, the Ten Commandments and the Seven Sacraments. Yeah. Like, just because you follow that, you're supposed to make it to heaven. And everything else is disregarded, like the way you treat other people, the way you respect other people. Um, and like coming on to that point, actually, like I think more than anyone, Azri was always talking about how Pope, whatever his name is, the recent Pope is really loving and nice yeah. and whatever, because he, he has been an advocate of LGBTQ community or rather saying that you should be yeah. accepting. But actually all he said was you need to be tolerant because every one of us are sinners and they're sinning in their own way. But then recently he just released saying that, no, it's still a sin. And I'm like, that's the most hypocritical thing anyone can do. And is that really wow. love yeah, and I, kindness? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know about that. Honestly, um, I wasn't and aware. I think I shared like, and no, that's I where I, I start. Sent, I don't think you sent it to me though. Oh my God, we're talking as we're not recording, but I don't I don't recall <laughs> seeing this because I have been very shocked. Like only just two days ago, I remember watching mm. like this video about that Pope Francis did. Like and I was just like, Oh, he's so sweet and seven and now you're telling me this. I don't think I would have gone all oh, so sweet if I had known that he made such a hypocritical step. Yeah. But I could have gotten, but um it's okay. I guess probably we can Yeah, and I think it's that kind of thing. And then you you opposed to same sex unions or telling priests that they're not allowed to get um, same-sex couples to get married. And I'm like, and then at the same time, you disregard all of the sexual abuse and charges against that happens within your same, mm. like they go above and beyond to hide all of those things. There's yeah. so many cases that of young boys being sexually abused, uh, sexual assaults between priests and nuns and all of that. and. And just because two people of the same sex love each other, you cannot deal with it. Like, I just find it so hypocritical. It just irritates me sometimes. And that's where I'm like, is then does the Pope deserve to go to heaven? I don't know. <laughs> like, for being hypocritical? For not spreading love? Um, yeah. Like, I think his exact wordings was, you shouldn't judge them. And this is what they, sometimes when I sit through sermons as well, this is what really annoys me where they say we shouldn't judge them, but we should pray for them to reform. And I'm like, hmm. Why don't you what work is on your own to, sins? What is there to reform exactly? Um, and I think this is where... That's what I always hear though. Sorry to interrupt, but that's what I always hear. No, they, go on. They always say like, you know, oh, you pray that they do good stuff. You pray, you pray that they get better. And I'm like, dude, pray for yourself. You're an asshole. I mean... Obviously, I don't say that, but it's so... Like, these people saying that are usually the ones that need to work on themselves the most, but somehow feel like it's okay that, oh, they need my prayers, but... <laughs> yeah, and because uh, I remember um, there was this quote that I read maybe last year or the year before, I can't even remember, um, from by Mother Teresa. Come on to Mother Teresa. But what she said was, prayer doesn't change anything. You make the change. And mm. I, I really believe that. I think for me, like prayer is just because, and I think this is the other thing that really annoys me where people just like, just pray for it, just pray for it. It'll happen. I'm like, no, it, it doesn't just happen miraculously. You need to work towards it or you need to do something to enable yeah. that change. And I think prayer is a bit like meditation for, for non-believers, I guess, like meditation, like something that strengthens your core and your faith and like to build up that mm. self-confidence rather than if I pray, I will not have coronavirus or some random shit like that. Um, and I think that's the other, and it's also how they say, if you pray five times a day or three times a day or whatever, you go to heaven. And I'm like, just because you pray, is that just an automatic ticket to heaven? Um, and like sometimes like my grandmother always walks around with the rosary and a prayer book like literally and which is fine like if you want to do that that's fine you can pray like I don't say don't pray or like pray as many times as you want in a day but you can't then and then she'll tell me that I don't pray or I if mm -hmm. I don't pray I'll go to hell and I'm like just because I don't walk around with the rosary doesn't mean I don't pray but also doesn't mean that I need to pray 24 hours a day in order for me to be good. You you just stay in your room, pray every day and do what? Like you're not doing, you're not making any change. I just see you 
criticize people. I see you judge people and their behaviors just because you pray. You're some sort of higher being, mm. which which is what yeah. annoys me. <laughs> that's um, a very that's a very good saying. Um, there was uh, I was basically thinking it, it was just something that occurred to me as you were talking about it. Like I feel like a lot of people who feel that they're very religious have sort of taken upon themselves to sort of become judge, jury, and executioner. It's like the most apt thing that I can think of because it's 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 almost right, it's almost like this bloodbath. Like they're just willing to just go after people who are different, who you know just for the sake of it, I don't know why. Like what what other people do doesn't affect you. But for some reason that's the dynamic that sort of is happening. But anyway, uh, yeah, were, and you, it's were like... you finishing a thought or um may I continue? Mm-hmm. No, I was just going to say, like, on the whole judgment thing, right? It's like almost they're trying to play God. They're almost playing semi-God on earth or something. Because mm. I don't know about Islam, but in in the Bible or in Catholicism, it's almost like when you die, you have an initial judgment. And I think we we're talking about this earlier, how mm. most of us will end up in purgatory because we are not angels, neither are, are we, like, terrible sinners. Um, and then if you're a terrible sinner in the judgment, you go to hell if you've done something miraculously angelic, you go to heaven. And I feel like people take that concept and they use that on earth to judge people um, and kind of say, if you don't, and it's based on your own set of beliefs, which might be different to someone else. And yeah, it's like these people are, or religion as in a way, it's almost like playing God on earth and like playing the judge, like, like almost, you know, a mock exam of being a judge on earth. Um, yeah, like, that's how I feel. Like, I don't know what you think. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking that, you know, we've, I think we've talked a lot about, um, I think so far what we've spoken about right now is basically factors around us. So basically, I think mm. what we are talking about like, is how you know people sometimes don't know what really goes on, right? These are things in the afterlife and like Stephanie said, they're not going to come back. No one's going to come back and tell us what really happened. So we don't know. Um, also, like some of the loopholes and the fallacies, fallacies that people say and do that makes us question it. But I wanted to sort of go into like religion itself. And so Stephanie sort of mm. really you know, brought it around to a very nice point because, like I said, we never plan our our recording. <laughs> we just go for it. So, I always ask Stephanie about, you know, like the concept of what Catholic, uh, Catholicism believes in the afterlife. So, you know, we talked about purgatory and all that sort of stuff. For me, I think I started really questioning a lot of it when I found out about Islam and like the... what happens after you die. So, basically... <laughs> Now it's gonna sound really gory, and I know I do have students who listen to this, so I apologize to you guys. I'm not I'm not trying to scare you <laughs> from living because when I learned this, it really made me feel like giving up on life. Okay, okay, let me just let me just go into it first, and then we'll talk more about it. So the moment you die, you enter, you're buried, six feet under, according to Islamic principles, and then you're crucified and tortured until the end of worlds. When end of worlds happen you are all reincarnated and you're put into this field called the Martian Marsha field. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Now, you are supposed to trek and, and get to heaven. Now, this trek is really long and the sun is purposely brought within two inches above your skull. So it's literally meant to crucify you on the way there. And as you walk there, you can drown in your own perspiration. I'm not even halfway done. Now, as you walk, as you walk through, <laughs> you reach this first place called. Uh, there's this place where basically the, it's sort of like the wing of the scales, wing of the scales. So wing of the scales basically means you know they, they look at your book and then they see um, what good have you done? What good have you not? What bad stuff have you done? And based on that, you can either get a blessing or a curse. And then after getting that blessing or the curse, obviously the blessing means that your track will be a bit easier but if you get a curse then obviously your track gets harder then you walk further and then you will find all the different prophets in Islamic history to get them to bring you before judgment bring you before God and for, mm-hmm. for judgment essentially <laughs> Stephanie's making a face at me bear with me bear with me okay then the, the thing is uh, so you go to every prophet every prophet has forgotten every prophet can't help you 
And then when you when you finally when you are about to find Prophet Muhammad, right, which is obviously a prophet, the story goes that he has forgotten his people. Until the other prophets go to him and say that, Hey, dude, have you forgotten your people? And then he starts rushing and then uh, puts you before judgment. Now, you think that you immediately go to heaven. Nope, not yet. You are basically pr- placed before this precipice and you need to walk you need to walk across this bridge that is thinner than the breath of a baby's hair. And if you do enough good things, you can cross it and go into heaven. But most people would fall into the depths of hell. Now, that's not even the worst part. The worst part is this journey can take a hundred years. Now, a hundred years... <laughs> and I'm reaching my climax here of the story. Climax of the story. Climax of the story. Mm-hmm. So, a hundred years in this so-called trek, in this journey... One second in heaven time is 60 years on earth. <laughs> so, if you multiply 6, that 000. out, I don't even know how many millennium, how many thousands upon thousands of years are being crucified while the sun is just two inches above your head. Now, when I heard this story, it, <laughs> I couldn't walk. I'm not kidding you. Like When religious school ended, right, I, I was frozen in my chair. I was like, how the fuck am I gonna... I'm not gonna fucking make it. <laughs> I can't even walk in Singapore without cursing at the humidity. <laughs> and God is somehow like gonna put me through tens and thousands then tens upon hundreds of thousands of years to to get to this point. And I was just like I think I think what occurred, what was going on in my mind as a kid was like I'm screwed. Like really I'm screwed. But now that I'm older, my question is why? Why would an all-powerful God make me go through all that, all that suffering? And I remember, I still remember today, oh my God, Stephanie, I still remember this to this day. I asked my teacher, I was like, are you telling me that someone who died in 1854 is being crucified <laughs> right now in the ground and just waiting for the end of the world? And she's like, yes. Like, without a beat, I was like, yes. And I'm like, so you're saying that it's better to be born later and closer to the end of worlds? She's like, yes. And I'm like, okay, so why are there stories that we that you tell us about people that have already made it to heaven? Obviously, mm. if they made it to heaven, they've died before us. So clearly, they're not waiting for end of worlds, but they already made it to heaven. So there are exceptions. She's like, yes. What? So I was just like, <laughs> wait. So there are exceptions to the rule. But then there's this horrible long procession of like crucific- crucifixion and, and, and torture. It just... Okay, okay, okay. Just what, what I learned at school itself, the lapses in the information made me question. On my part, it made me question like, why is my loving God torturing us so much? And we and the torturing is not even like to pay, you know. It's not even, it's not even a torturing. Oh, because we did bad stuff. We are being tortured just to get to heaven or hell. You could be tortured the entire time and still end up in hell and being tortured mm. some more. I was like, wow, that's a really sadistic, and hence that's why this conversation happened. Because Stephanie and I were essentially talking about this, and I literally said, why is he so sadistic? And Stephanie was like, we are doing an episode on this. So yeah, so that's what happened. So. <laughs> Yo, and I and I re- and I remember when Azri showed me that diagram of, you know, that path to heaven he described. I was like, it almost feels like hell, doesn't it? At, at least in in Catholicism, hell is like burning flames and fire and all of that, and it's an eternal hell to live in. Yeah. But I'm like, if it's gonna take you six thousand millenniums to reach heaven isn't it almost the same as being in hell um and it was a, it's a, it's a similar thing in catholicism as well and i think there are different beliefs mm. where after death you go to purgatory and most people end up in purgatory because we're all sinners and you're basically purified in some sort of cleansing fire yeah. and that's where you're kind of tested with the seven sins and you're after you've purified you then can go into heaven but there are yeah. some people who can be purified before they die because they've 
they've um to your question around you know fast track to heaven <laughs> um <Yeah>. <laughs> these people have lived a saintly life and they go straight to heaven and that's where in catholicism they're called as saints and people who have done dreadful things um then go to hell because they've not confessed and they've not um whatever they go straight to hell and like the whole intricacy of all of this again is kind of like is god that judgmental um is god hierarchical i mean i'm saying some people do deserve to go to hell because they have mm. committed they've killed people they've abused people yeah. you know they've done harm to other people they probably deserve to go to hell but the general average man who probably has maybe lied um maybe for the sake of being you know not to hurt someone i don't know i'm just saying like you know simple sins that are known to be um that every one of us probably have has done right we we might have lied we might have mm. cheated um and you might be repentful and you still have to go through this cleansing fire on islam that whole yeah 6000 millenniums of things and it, it it makes me question whether like sometimes it, like is that how our society is kind of built around right like someone is to be a judge like whether it's your leader or your president or mm. your whatever who's judging you for or the you know the judge in the the judicial system um and i i i don't know and i feel like sometimes it's which is when then i kind of think most of this is probably like man made because no one none of us like even people that in catholicism where you know i think it's probably the same as prophets in islam mm. you know and the they've kind of right. defined they've defined these people as saints and you know they're modern day saints um just because you've done that on earth what makes you think mother teresa is actually in heaven now <laughs> or if saint mm. joseph is actually in heaven now like yeah and i think we spoke about this earlier how mother teresa was considered a saint because of the work she's done you know to help people in calcutta but then more recently there's been news talking about how it was the most well funded charity because there's so many people donating to it but actually people in Cal- calcutta are still suffering so where did the money go did she really truly help was it just a pr thing and then you kind of question like how do who's judging this like is the pope qualified enough to judge whether you're a saint or not a saint just because i can yeah like all of these constructs i say constructs very loosely like this concepts of purgatory hell heaven the path to heaven you know you need to suffer to make it to heaven although you've lived a good life you wonder whether is it really god is there a god that you know judges you so harshly yeah yeah um i was just thinking you know even 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 stephen brought up right like murderers you know child rapists or all these sort of things yeah you know they deserve they deserve to go to hell but even for me i don't think they deserve the hell that no. we learn you know like we i yeah i think you need to be punished for that obviously you know by god whatever but i don't think they deserve even them i don't think they deserve that yeah yeah and i think if you've committed a sin whether it's you know child rapist or whatever and you know there's those whole thing about reformation and being repentant if they do genuinely feel sorry for what they've done they've mm. repented then they probably don't deserve hell yeah. as much as i don't want yeah. to say that I like mean, yeah i i like, do agree. you know like, what i mean genuinely, like genuinely genuinely you have to genuinely feel repentant right not just like a pr thing or like just pretend that to get out of jail literally but and like who's to judge that right if you're genuinely repentant me or you are just everyday humans like who are we to say whether someone's genuinely repented or not and i think that's another conversation for another day in terms of you know are criminals allowed to run around and all of that but again it's kind of like based on that concept of afterlife we're making rules and laws and things to live by on earth to help us fast track to heaven at least in in catholicism that's how it's kind of preached like you need to accumulate as much as good things as possible follow the mm. rules so you go straight to heaven if not you go to hell although most of us will end up in purgatory anyway 
and you still need to be cleansed by the fire and whatever crap. Yeah, I I don't know. Like it, it just kind of baffles me a little bit. And it reminds me of something um, that actually happened last week or the week before. I don't know whether you know this. It's like country rapper called Lil Nas X. He had this like um, song called Motown, Old Town Road, which became really famous. But actually he released another song last week or two weeks ago, whatever, called Call Me By My Name. And the whole concept, the video concept was him in hell riding a devil um and there was this and everyone basically because he's a country rapper and you know how religiously staunch um yeah. country people in the um in and by that i mean like american country um and they basically for someone who was so respected because of his old town road record he was now being dissed because he was seen to be preaching satanist like mm. um preaching the devil and being satanistic but actually I think what he was trying to say as someone who is homosexual in such a strong religious kind of genre, he was trying to kind of give that underlying thing that you're saying that I'm going to hell, I'm the devil. And like, you kind of, it's again, it's kind of like you say that if you're homosexual, you're the devil, you go to hell. And then if someone actually questions that or highlights that you're like, Oh, he's preaching, he's satanistic. He's, and this is where it just irritates me where people just choose, like mm. pick and choose or selectively choose what they want to believe in and yeah. when it's right or wrong. And that's when this whole concept of heaven and hell, that's like I, whether it exists or not is a different question. But the fact that we're taught that if you're doing X things, you're going to heaven, if you're doing this, mm. you're going to hell. That concept, I think it's man-made or as, as Nigel says, social constructs. Yeah. Um... Yeah, you know, I was thinking, I, I just realized I actually sent you that picture. When I was telling you about it, I was literally going off my mind. Mm. I was literally going off my memory. I was like, oh god, I hope I didn't miss anything. And then when I looked at the picture as you we were talking, I was like, oh my god, I got most of it right. <laughs> but yeah, we should, mm. probably, we should probably post it on Instagram. I'll probably translate yeah. it for our viewers so people can understand it and double check it themselves because I don't know. One thing that also surprised me was like when I was trying to find this information, I could only find it in Malay, which also made me wonder, is it, is it, like why why other groups of people aren't saying it? Yes, you wanted to say something. Yeah, and it's the same it's the same thing, right? Like apparently purgatory doesn't actually exist in the Bible. So <laughs> and I'm and even even if I went to religious school, I'm Are you serious? in all honesty, I've not read the Bible. I've not read the Bible. I mean, I listen to things that they say in church, but I genuinely have not read the Bible. But I was because we were doing this episode and when Azri sent me that path to heaven, I started Googling to see, you know, like I know it in theory because you, you get taught in school, but the actual words of purgatory doesn't actually exist, which is why we were talking about, you know, the Divine Comedy, which is a well-known classic where Dante talks about Inferno, Purgatory and Paradise, which is heaven, hell. In case anyone and is wondering... The journey through- in case anyone, sorry, in case anyone is wondering, that's exactly <laughs> the the basis for Dan Brown's Inferno. It's based on divine comedy. Yes. yes. In case anyone's trying to wonder, because I wondered the same thing. Continue, yeah. Sorry. And and no, and I and then it made me question, like this whole concept, because it was written so many years ago, and it's written by an Italian author, and we know that the you know how Catholicism is so mm. strong in Italy then they just kind of blend like someone's conceptual thinking with religion mm. and it just makes you question really um yeah and that's when i like is this just man-made is this just fiction is it and he might have written it from a perspective of his questions on religion given that he grew up in a very strong mm. catholic community um just like how we are questioning is this real is this not am i really going to spend six thousand years of suffering to end up in heaven um so yeah it's funny how purgatory doesn't exist in the bible but yet people talk about it and people believe that that's where we all go to. so sorry i dropped something <laughs> that's fine yeah. yeah um and there was something else that came to mind actually the whole thing about salvation i don't know whether that's something in islam as well Yes, there there is a similar concept, yeah. But 
I I mean I think my issue with it is like I think yeah Stephanie Stephanie brought up certain good points right I guess also scary points because like purgatory doesn't exist in the Bible I I never knew that I thought it was a a thing obviously I've only read Leviticus I read Leviticus because um my friend was trying to make me feel better about religion so mm. my friend thought you know like look as you look I'm Christian but you know I'm by right I'm not supposed, I'm not supposed to eat shellfish I'm not supposed to do this and that and this because Leviticus is like you know like it, Leviticus and Old Testament is like you know the really the old hardcore mm. versions right where there's like brimstone and fire and all that stuff. So she was saying how there are so many things that she doesn't do. So by you know God standards or by the the book standard, she's screwed and going to hell. And I was like, but well, that's not the point. My point is like I'm scared. <laughs> but and and to to sort of continue from that point, I question it not because like you know I'm just trying to find loopholes I'm not sure about Stephanie but for mm. me it's more like I just want to know that I'm good I don't know like I, I feel like the greatest fear I have is am I good you know like mm. I, I don't want to be seen as like not good or evil or I don't want to be seen as like you know I'm not contributing enough to society or not doing enough for community I want to be good and you know the the fact that um, all that I do might be sort of like ignored because I don't do this, I don't do that, I mm. I don't want to get married or I won't have kids or whatever it is. It just makes me really scared. And then I think for some people it it propels you right. Like it's sort of like when a teacher calls you stupid, and then okay, no teacher should be doing that. But I do know teachers who have said that to me also. But like teachers call you stupid, so you work harder, you push yourself. I'm gonna prove them wrong. I'm gonna prove them wrong. But it also doesn't work that way. Reverse psychology doesn't work for a lot of people because sometimes you tell them you're stupid, they're like, okay, I'm just gonna give up. And I think that's how I felt mm. for quite a while because I felt like there was no way I could make up you know what I mean and then they always say things mm. like, oh, like I remember one time someone told me like, penance oh, yeah yes penance they would tell me like you know oh if you've not um prayed like before you need to pay it back you need to pray for the past and I was just like wow there's a lot of praying to be done and it's like it's those sort of things that I always like wonder like it, it just feels like why all these insurmountable paths or insurmountable mm. expectations if God was so powerful he wouldn't need all these things right like, like it just made me feel like I was doing it out of fear rather out of faith and I enjoy praying when I'm like faithful and you know I'm just like enjoying it and praying um, and connecting with God I mean my my version my my concept but when people say these kind of things oh you're gonna be like crucified for 6,000 million whatever years to just try to get to heaven I'm like oh my god it just makes me slump over in like you know a defeatist attitude no and that's a really good point that you said around it's driven out of fear rather than faith and I feel like a lot of believers like I think my parents for sure it's driven out of fear of going to hell that they follow by these rules so strictly and the fear that their kids would go to hell if they don't do these things that they kind of enforce that on yeah. you rather than genuine faith um and i feel like and i don't know how like about you but like when i was younger and, and I, by younger i mean like just even like a couple of years ago i genuinely used to get scared about death a little bit like the thought of um I don't know, like the universe and like just the unknown and uncertainty of what might happen used to scare me a lot just when I'm like alone and I think about it. Um, But now I do get scared about, I don't think I get scared about it because I feel like if I, and I think all of that fear of death and comes from the fact that you're not doing good enough or you're not living by the, like, the fact that, you know, if I don't go to church, I'm sinning and I need to pay it back. Like, God is going to punish me. And sometimes, like, at a point in time, like, even if I went to church late, I would feel guilty. Because that's part of the thing. You're made to feel guilty. You're told, like, what you were saying, it's not not reverse psychology, but you're saying it's being stupid or you're doing this, you're doing that. It makes you feel guilty because you're not doing something. But actually, then, it doesn't work the other way around. Like, when you tell your parents or your religious teachers, like, why are you being 
why are you being critical or judging of this person or that person? Why aren't they feeling guilty? And again, it's because they think they are right because by the rule book, that other person they're judging is doing wrong. So I, I think it's a mix of guilting people into doing things and fear rather than genuine faith. Because I feel like if you're genuinely faithful, it just comes down to being loved and kind, like loving and kind to other people. And that should be good enough to feel confident that you're in a good place in your afterlife. And I think that changed my perspective a little bit because to me, I was scared of, not scared, but like the fact that I would skip church or just because I could get on a holiday or the fact that um, I, I go to church late would make me feel really guilty about it. But I no longer do because I feel like just because I skip one day doesn't mean that I've done anything bad because some someone who's gone to church that day has not done anything good either. I don't know. And if I say this to my parents, they'll probably think I'm being like, I forgot the word. like Blasphemous. Yeah, blasphemous. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But uh, believe it or not, uh, we have gone on way too long. It's already been an hour. <laughs> I had no idea. You guys can tell that Oof. this is probably a very... I mean, I, I think it's an important topic. You know, honestly speaking, I think this needs to be said. Because I feel that sometimes a lot of people get scared out of their wits. Because I feel like, you know, if I could feel this way, I'm pretty sure there are people who feel this way out there too. And like, are probably too afraid to ask it. Hence the theme uh, of today's, essentially this entire series. But, you know, all in all, you know, for people who are listening, you know, this is also not like a dig at religion or God. Like, I don't think it's a dig at God completely. It's never a dig at God. No. It's a dig, and it's not a dig at religion as well. It's probably a dig at people and the fear-mongering, perhaps. And the mm. fact that, you know, maybe maybe an easier way is to just say, I don't know. Because I feel like I can respect you more if you just admit that you don't know. That we all, that we are all on the same level. We're all uncertain about what goes on in the other side. We don't know. And none of us will ever know because, like Stephanie said, they're not going to come back and inform us like, hey, this is the step. This is what's <laughs> going to happen. There's going to be a checkpoint. Um, so it's like, I feel, you know, it's not a conversation that both of us or anyone really will have answers to, but I think the goal with this is really maybe to find some salvation or to feel better about the entire, just to feel like there's hope. And especially Mm. for me, like, you know, I know I'm saying that, but I'm still working on, like, working over the fear of 6,000 years of, like, being crucified two inches under sun Setting and walking under the sun but yeah you know but before we wrap up uh stephanie do you have any final thoughts before we end today's recording today's episode yeah it's, it's funny you said that because when i asked another friend just to kind of understand her perspective and i told the episode title she was like this is just too intense for me i don't want to be punished by god and that's the thing like yeah. i feel like a lot of us are just afraid to ask these questions because as you said we've been brought up in really fear-mongering way of religion um and i think it's important for us to discuss and just to reinforce what azir said this is not a dig at religion or a dig at god it's the way that people preach and the way that people teach religion um more than anything because the way they portray yeah as we talked about it's kind of at least to me like social constructs and man-made constructs more than anything um and i think for me it might be a very reductionistic simplistic view on life god and religion and all of that but i know i I think in the beginning as we asked like do i believe in heaven or hell i don't know whether i believe in it per se but like the way i've started to see life is like if i in my heart know that i'm doing good and i'm not harming another person i feel like i'm on the right track and that's all i need like and and that, in a way, makes me feel less fearful, less guilty, less... Because the people who t- stay, like, who are judging of you are probably sinning as well. Just that they're sin- sinning in a way that they don't see. Um, it's it's a different point of view. So for me, I, I don't know, if it gives solace to anyone or peace of mind to anyone, like, I think in your heart, if you know that you're doing good and you're 
helping other people, being kind and loving to the people around you, I think that should give you enough peace of mind to live in this world. Although I know in in some religions and in like upbringing, it will be really hard because you are just entrenched in that fear and guilt of the laws and commandments and sacraments and 6,000 years to hell or whatever. But yeah, and I think that's really the point of this episode for us to just kind of have an open conversation about it, I think. Yep. Uh, likewise, you know, I had friends who I spoke to also who was like, you know, I don't want God to punish me for saying such things. And even now, like, just when we were having conversations, I was like, you know, based on what I learned, yep, I'm still going to be crucified for like even even thinking about this and I'm like actually talking about it and all that stuff. But, you know, all in all, we hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation. Once again, I think I want to just reiterate that this is not a <laughs> religion or God in any way. It's just, you know, we're just having a conversation about our fears and our concerns and you know things that you probably have, have been thinking about your whole life and never really thought about um but all in all thank you so much for listening this has been episode 32 of <laughs> episode 32 of the entire show episode 4 of season 5 for this particular season um and yeah hopefully you guys will follow us on facebook instagram at underscore blurred thoughts uh we are also on anchor.fm spotify and every other major podcasting platform so with that once again thank you so much and we'll hope to see you next thursday bye-bye bye